Well, I am so excited to have me today, Lisa, from Lighthouse from Life. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us, tell everybody who you are, and uh, and your association with Lighthouse yeah, for absolutely. Life. Absolutely. So, as you said, I'm Lisa, Lisa Care. Actually, although my last name is, you might see it as K E J R and not pronounce it as Care. <laughs> um, I actually had started with Lighthouse for Life back in October 2015. And as the first paid employee before that, it was basically Andrea, our founder, and she had some volunteers working with her, and the flood happened. I was a teacher Mm. before that. Um, Jen Thompson convinced me to come check out Lighthouse for Life, and it's kind of a long story. I thought I was going to step in as an educator in their safe home program, Okay. and then it turned out that they didn't have an immediate need for that. So I said, well, I don't have a job. I'm available to help however I can. And the board ended up hiring me on to support just with some odds and ends on the admin side and keeping things going. And six and a half years later, I'm still trying to keep things going. So. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, for those that may not be fully aware of what Lighthouse for Life yeah. does, why don't you share with us what, what you guys do? It's a remarkable, amazing thing. So. Yeah, thank you. So Lighthouse for Life is a local, some people would say nonprofit. I actually heard somebody say for cause, which I like that terminology yeah, cool. a lot better. Yeah. So um, organization that fights human trafficking here in the Midlands. And it was started by our founder, like I said, Andrea Wind. She had she was a kindergarten teacher mm-hmm. and then stay-at-home mom and actually heard a sermon in church where she learned about the need of human trafficking and the fact that people were being enslaved all around us, that that wasn't, slavery wasn't a thing of the past. Right. And felt convicted to do something about it. So um, she had a a lot of time research and then God kind of gave her the vision of a lighthouse and a lot of smaller homes around it and um, people coming out of the darkness to find hope to find healing and the more she she reflected on that vision and saw the need it became evident that that housing that residential care in particular for victims of human trafficking was critical and decided to start one. At that point, there was none in the state of South Carolina. Hmm. And so she decided that she wanted to get one up and going. And, you know, since that time, I I came into Lighthouse for Life very naive about human trafficking. Um, I did not know at that point that some of my students had been victims while I was a teacher. I I think probably a lot of us are I was going to say I didn't know that my, my neighbor five doors down was being sold from that house wow. while I lived there. And we started to learn the, about the prevalence of slavery all around us. And that it's a slavery that is not somebody being sold at the market like what we're used to when we think about mm-hmm. slavery. But it's people who are being blindsided into a crime that they don't even see it coming because these these traffickers, these slave owners are essentially preying on people's vulnerabilities are are looking to meet needs and then are eventually exploiting that person to make profit off of their bodies, whether it's for labor trafficking or for sex trafficking. There are thousands right here in South Carolina that are slaves. There are, you know, then that affects their families, it affects the loved ones, it affects communities. So, so I know I may be jumping ahead of you a little bit, but that kind of spearheaded Lighthouse for Life is doesn't just provide the safe home, the shelters, the residential care. We sort of started to grow and say, 
there's so many layers to what human trafficking is. Right. What can we do to help fight back in all areas? So we have education, we have survivor support, we try to help with legislation and mm-hmm. and do what we can to to fight the whole industry. Well, that's that's awesome. And as, through the years, you know, Bethel has mm-hmm. supported Lighthouse <clears throat> for Life. We had given a monthly for a while. We decided this year we felt like we could do more mm-hmm. if we said we're going to take our Easter offering this year and just designate our Easter offering to go to Lighthouse for Life. Uh, you know, the Easter story, we know it's a story of resurrection. That's what our whole faith clings to is the resurrection mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. And the reason he did that was to give us new life. Yes. in Him. And if there's one thing that just from the outside looking in mm-hmm. that I see Lighthouse for Life doing, it's giving an opportunity for new life yes. to, to young ladies. And, and really even uh, men are part of this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, but you, we see you guys doing that. And we thought, what better way to say take an offering from our Easter mm-hmm. <laughs> to give to an organization that's doing their best to bring new life, mm-hmm. an opportunity for new life to individuals. So is there a, a maybe a, a story that you could just share with us that maybe can hit home for people to see kind of personally what you're doing? Yeah, and, and maybe the best way to do that is to expand a little bit more on our okay. three different ministries and what we do. Our safe house is called Kara's Home. It's designed for girls who've been sex trafficked between the ages of 12 and 21. There was... Last year, we brought in our first resident, and I remember sitting across from her at the DSS table, and she ended up telling her case manager, wow, how do these people really care for me like this? I mean, nobody has cared for me the way they do before. And we brought her into our home, and she was just ecstatic about having her own space, and just feeling the love and the support of our staff was amazing for her. Um, fast forward to today, our program actually did end up having to suspend operations for a period of time. We had some um, complications that came up with staffing, so we are on pause. You can pray for us while we're interviewing and hoping to bring in a, another director. And then once we get that director of that ministry, then we think we can get the rest of staff and move forward. But in the meantime... There's been a couple of emergency situations where we had a young lady recently who was asked to um, testify against her trafficker in a grand jury, which is a, yes, (laughs) it it is tremendous. It's a scary, overwhelming, hard place for a young girl to enter back into. And she was located elsewhere in the state, but the attorney general's office said, hey, could she come and stay at Kara's home while she goes through this and allow us who understand the world of human trafficking a little bit to come alongside her and support her in that and you know she shared her short her story with us and it was just I cannot tell you how rewarding to get to invest in her she was blown away by the support and it just alleviated a lot of the anxieties to know that at the end of the day she could come back in a place where she felt safe and secure and cared for and her story of abuse started before she was 18 months old and lasted for over 15 years. So you can imagine the level of trauma that Mm. she's combating and to feel that type of security was a big deal. And that's what we want that home to be. And that's what we're hoping to get it back going as is a place where we can have more girls come in. They'd get their education. It's our own licensed school. They would get the counseling. They'd get the the, just a home type atmosphere to heal. And Mm -hmm. then outside of that... um, We have a a sort of non-residential, non-long-term residential anyway, survivor support. And 
really just in the last few months that program has started to take off. And right now we have four precious ladies that are part of that program. The obstacles that a survivor faces when they come out of the life are a mountain. I mean, sure. it's, it's you have to think of physically what their bodies have been through and what they might need medically. You have to think about criminal records and how do they get those records expunged. How do you get a job when this is all you've ever known and then you have a criminal record and you don't have paperwork and then maybe you don't have a driver's license or if you do, you don't have a vehicle to be able to get to a job and then you don't know how to fill out application. I mean, there's just so many layers upon layers upon layers and you think, well, um, you provide this answer, but then that answer leads to like counseling. We can provide counseling, but then how do they get the transportation to get to and from counseling? Hmm. How do they, they have kids. They might have kids from multiple different places because of the, the impact of their life. So what do, how do they fight custody battles or how do they learn how to be a parent again? How do they help their kids work through their trauma and get their kids connected to school? I mean, it just, it goes on and on, right? Like, like we think about life and what it takes just for the complications of our life and add all of these other layers to it. So we said the average, an individual will leave a life seven times before they stay out. Well, we want to come and do life with these individuals and empower them to know they're not alone in that journey and that all of those obstacles can be overcome one step at a time. Wow. So we, we meet them. We meet them right where they're at. We don't rush the process, but we say we're here. And here can look very different for different individuals. We've been helping one young lady for um, over two years now fight custody battle. Wow. And her um, for her kid, and it's just been incredible to watch her grow. We've, now she's in the social work program at USC, and is hoping to come back and, and work with Lighthouse for Life one day to be a part of the fight as well. We have um, a young another young lady that we were able to get into a program that did provide some housing, and now we're working with her to get a job. We're, we've just started last week a. Um, support group that's similar to Celebrate Recovery, okay. but it's like it's specific for survivors of sex trafficking. It's mm-hmm. called Ending the Game. Okay. So we have a group of young ladies that come together to find answers to their trauma in a ne- in, in a room full of people that get it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had it, so those are some of the more the long term things we're working with right now. Last week we had a, a young lady that we had been texting with, and it takes courage. To leave behind what's familiar mm-hmm. and to embrace in a life that is, from our perspective, seems a lot better, but from theirs is totally unknown, and yeah. the unknown is always scary. Um, but she finally said she was ready, so we were able to go get her, pick her up, take her to a program in North Carolina that was specific to her needs, and then stay in touch with her to encourage her every day. Um, you know, the battle of the temptation to leave is, is a lot. So yeah. helping encourage her to stay. And she's doing really well. Um, and then on the way back, we got a call from law enforcement to say there was a young lady that they had intercepted. And she was actually here in Kershaw County. Hmm. And we happened to be coming through here. And so we said, let's pull over and see if we can meet this young lady. And we spent a couple hours with her. Um and working with her through it, I mean, I remember we, we sat with her through tears. We sat with her as she's throwing up with just the trauma, the anguish. We sat with her through frustration and anger and fear. And at one point, she just 
grabbed both of us and threw her arms around us and, and was blown away because she said, you guys want to help me? You want to you be there? And we said, yeah. Um, she ended up leaving, and we don't know where she is at this moment, which is not atypical, but she has our information. Mm-hmm. And we got to spend two hours telling her that um, there's no judgment, there's no expectation, but we are here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then I found out that we actually had shared her on on social media three years ago as a missing person. So the circle oh, kind of wow. came back around. So that's a lot of what our ministry is: is it's it's saying that there are hundreds of thousands, and we want to be available, whether it's a, a long term care for a young lady who's fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old and just needs a safe place to heal. Or if it's somebody who is needing community and is being overwhelmed by all of the obstacles in life to say you're not alone, we'll do life with you, whatever that means. Um, And then the third avenue, which I believe is equally as important, but often um, it's not what people, their minds go to when they think of fighting human trafficking. Everybody wants to invest in the survivors, and we do too. But it's the education component. It's saying that if we can get to people before they become a victim, Mm. I would love for them to never need those services. And we just embraced a new logo. It has a lighthouse and it has a small house beside it. Um, And I look at that and I think of our safe house program, but I think how neat would it be if we could help people make every home in South Carolina a safe home Mm -hmm. for their kids. If we could teach people the methods that traffickers are using to target Individuals and equip families and parents and youth and community members to come alongside and be that support network before those vulnerabilities are exploited mm. by a trafficker. Then we're fighting it from the foreground and we're inviting every every community member to come along in the fight with us and mm. saying you don't have to be a part of Lighthouse for Life, but you can fight every day. Fight for your kid, fight in your church, fight whether you're law enforcement, whether you're in the medical scene, if you're a counselor, if you work at a school. Everybody has a lane right where they're at that they could be an instrumental part of this fight. And if we can help give them that information and that tools, then we're so much stronger. Yeah. So that's a little bit of what we do. I'm not sure if that's what you're doing. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys are doing a tremendous amount. And I know you're making a difference and making a huge impact. Um, it's been, you know, phenomenal to see how you guys have grown through the years yourselves with what with what you're doing. Why don't you share with us just real quick what you know what a gift like what we could give you it, uh, through our offering, just something a, a small gift in that way. How you guys could utilize that? Absolutely. You know, um, with any ministry, funding is a critical component of it, and we're no different. Some of our immediate needs, we've actually just been are about to sign off on a deed. Somebody gifted us some land. Okay. And we're hoping to open a um, drop-in center type thing for survivors to literally come in off the streets and okay. get help and resources. So funding would go to um, help get that outfitted once we have it secure. Funding would allow us to meet all of those obstacles of a survivor, you know, whether it's transportation, whether it's getting their own apartment, whether it's helping to pay counseling co- counseling costs or to get a tattoo covered up so that they're not scarred mm-hmm. by the branding day in and day out of their trafficker. We can't provide those services for our survivors without that funding. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, 
um, can we give clothes? Can we give the tangible items? And we're not saying no to those things, but we're wanting people to see the power of giving somebody the ability to buy their own clothes, of somebody mm-hmm. to be able to pick out their own groceries, of somebody to be able to decorate their own apartment that yeah. haven't had that. So we'd rather say, hey, let's keep the money in our back pocket so when these needs come up, we can take you to Walmart and help give you a budget that you can start to learn how to manage money and be empowered to make those choices on your own. So a lot of the funding would go to that um, once we get our new director, it'll take some finances to get the, the staff that we need. Um, this is a very people-oriented organization, mm-hmm. and the best way that we can come alongside another individual is if we have the staff members that can do life with them, that can stay in touch with them, that can follow up, that can be there in their crisis moments when they're having a panic attack or mm-hmm. wanting to revert back or scared about what the next step is and so just to being able to support our staff well so that the, then we have the people that can be there for them are just a handful of the ways that this money money would help propel us forward that's awesome and let's say someone wants to say well what can i do to help beyond just giving in uh, easter offering what could someone do to help lighthouse for life beyond that well, we're always appreciative of people who want to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, they can reach out to us, to Sarah Vonderhillen. She's our volunteer coordinator at volunteer at lighthouseforlife.org, and she can help get you connected. Some of those volunteer opportunities might be helping us to manage some of our events that we have, we have or helping to support our survivors with meals during their Ending the Game program that we have, providing some life skill lessons or classes, things like that, helping with the transportation. So there's there's a different number of areas that people could get plugged in that way. Help us to spread the word in the community. Um, invite us to come and speak, whether it's at your business or your school or your home or your community, like I said, so we can give you the tools that you can carry the message out to your neighborhoods. Um, One of the most exciting ways we probably have out there right now is on May 14th, we're doing an over-the-edge repelling, urban repelling event. This is a very unique fundraiser for us, but it's one that has instilled all sorts of emotions for me because I went to the top of the hub. It's 315 feet high or 21 stories. I get nervous around heights too, and I'm standing up there and the butterflies are in my stomach and it's like, this fear is normal. Mm-hmm. for those that we serve. Mm-hmm. They yeah, face sure. fear every single day and mm-hmm. have learned how to operate within that. Um, so there's that component that is that is sort of a, puts it in my face when mm-hmm. I'm going over the edge. And we said we're going to go down 21 stories, one story at a time. And we're going to have, it's during Soda City, there's going to be people around, but we're getting people a chance. There's going to be an MC to say, hey, this is Lisa Carey, and she's going over the edge because of such and such. Or she mm. represents Bethel Worship Center, and he's going over the edge because of their passion to da-da-da-da-da. And so it's it's a chance for everybody around there to start to see how the community is coming alongside the fight as mm. well. And it's inviting. It, it does cost $1,000 to go over, but what... But how cool is it that you can take that message to 20, 25 different friends and say, can you give $20? And this is why, and this is what human trafficking is, and this is what you're giving towards. And it's, 
you know, helping to make a difference in a life and to save a life. And all of a sudden, the message is getting spread across mm-hmm. so many more people because people are taking that to their friend, to their friend, to their friend, and inviting yeah. them to be a part of of an experience. Mm-hmm. So if that's something any of you guys want to go over or you want to help pay for him to go over or you want to know more about, you can find out at lighthouseforlife.org on our events page Awesome, as well. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate so much you giving your time today yes, to come absolutely. share briefly with us. And hopefully you have learned a little bit more about Lighthouse for Life if you didn't know already. And we hope that you will consider what you will give towards Lighthouse for Life and our Easter offering this year on April 17th. Thank you so much, much, Lisa. God bless you. Absolutely.